podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Miller, lovely cushion header. But you you beauty! What a head strike! What a head! The time to Luis Garcia. Tries his luck. Hello and welcome to your Champions League preview podcast here on Anfield Index with myself, Andy Wales, and uh, we are brought to you in partnership with LibertyShield.com, the perfect VPN companion for all your football viewing, where you can get 25% off everything using the coupon code AIVPN. Uh, now with Liberty Shield, you can access free UK TV from anywhere, including the BBC iPlayer for Match of the Day, plus Sky Go and BT Sport for all your Reds Premier League action and, of course, Champions League games. So uh, do check out uh, libertyshield.com. Now, Liverpool are travelling to Madrid, Spain. It's that hallowed turf, the Wanda Metropolitana. It's the uh, the first knockout stage of the Champions League. Liverpool facing Atletico Madrid, so it should be quite a tie. And here to help me dissect this and uh, take a look at the draw and everything else that goes in with these uh, Champions League evenings is AI contributor Stephen Beaumont Adam. There you go, I got your name right, didn't I? <laughs> Thanks, mate. Good evening. Uh, yeah, first time. Yeah. Uh, looking forward to it? The show or the game? Uh, both. Yeah, both. Um, do you know what? When the, when the draw came up, there was one team I didn't want, and it was Atletico and Simeone. But having looked at their form, where they are in the table... I'm a lot less worried than I was. Plus, you know, Liverpool are invincible this season. Well, this is, I mean, this is the other thing, isn't it? You know, how times have changed. Yeah, it was a team that I've, so often I've asked people on this show, you know, who who would you maybe, who would you want and who would you rather stay away from? And um, Atletico were usually the ones that people would prefer to stay away from. But times have really, really changed dramatically over the last year. And, and Liverpool, quite rightly, don't fear anyone. So um, why not face them now? Um, first of all, before we get into um, to the uh, to the Atletico Liverpool game itself, uh, let's take a look at the uh, the draw for the, the first knockout stage of the Champions League. So of course we've got Atletico Madrid versus Liverpool. There's also uh, Borussia Dortmund against uh, PSG. Uh, Atalanta against Valencia, Spurs taking on RB Leipzig, Chelsea facing Bayern Munich, Napoli against Barcelona, Lyon against Juventus, and finally Real Madrid against Manchester City. Uh, Stephen, some absolutely mouth-watering ties there. there. There really is, isn't there? There's some fantastic games on paper. I just think they're really, really well-matched games. I mean, just look at how Napoli have been a bit of a 
bogey team for us over the last, what, two, three seasons now. And they're coming up against a Barcelona who seem to have lost a bit of identity. I think that would be fascinating. Like, can Setien break down that team? Man City, Real Madrid, you know, someone we don't like is going out. It's good news, good news, good news for everybody, isn't it, when when Pep has to take on Zidane at that early in the tour, the tournament. And I think PSG Dortmund, I think that's going to be the tie of the round. I think that's going to be fascinating. Yeah, it's just a shame that it's on the same time as a Liverpool game, but I agree with you. Yeah. And then, I mean, there's a narrative built in there as well with Chelsea versus Bayern. Uh, they faced each other, I believe it was, uh, was it the 2012 final or the 2013, something like that anyway. So, yeah, there's so much there. I mean, we'll go through the ties then. Obviously, we'll, we're going to get to, to Liverpool Atletico, but um, Dortmund PSG, who do you fancy to go through on that one? I would have said PSG a, a few weeks ago, but I think Dortmund might upset them. PSG's European pedigree in the last 10 years isn't great. You know, if you think even back to probably when Ronaldinho was there, it was probably the last time PSG were worth watching in reality. I know they've got all the superstars, but they just don't seem to be able to come through in the big European games. I know Tuchel's having a tough season at Dortmund. You know, you've got a lot of teams fighting for the title there. I just think they they are more used to competitive games. They're not in a league where they're walking it. I just think it'll make for a really, really interesting game. Yeah, and then you add into that as well, obviously, Thomas Tuchel um, as, a, as a PSG boss now, going up against one of his former clubs. I mean, there's there's certainly a lot, a lot at stake there. Yeah, and I think you've got, big players who are trying to make a name everyone's talking about you know hashtag Mbappe 2020 apparently every single club outside of Dortmund wants to sign Jadon Sancho so you've, you've you've got really big name players who are just about to hit that pinnacle where they get their those humongous deals and those big moves against each other it's going to be an absolutely fascinating battle against two defences that aren't exactly on form when it comes to these ties I just think it's going to be a really, really interesting matchup. Um, I think PSG are probably going to win one of the games, and then I think Dortmund are going to have one of those like ridiculous four-two type wins in the second leg at home to go through. But I think it's, I think there'll be a lot of goals. There'll be a lot of drama. I think there'll be a lot of excitement around obviously Sancho and Mbappe, but just around those squads in general. I think it'll just be really, it'll be a really, really fun highlight show to watch after we've smashed Madrid. <laughs> I like it. I like your confidence. Um, At- Atalanta against Valencia. What about that one then? That's a re- again, it's an interesting one. Atalanta are a bit of an unknown entity, aren't they? But their manager this year has done spectacular. Well, for the last two years, it's done spectacular work with a club with minimal budget. They've just gone and pinched a half decent centre back from the like Caldara from Milan because Milan don't know how to use centre backs which just feels like the weirdest thing in the world to be saying with their pedigree. And Valencia are a bit up and down, aren't they? They're not consistently doing much at the moment. I mean, they've got some interesting players like Soler and Rodrigo, but I think that could go either way. I think it'll be probably the last game in the highlights watching. I think it's going to be like a probably a one-all and a one-nil maybe, but I think it'll be, it'll be an interesting battle with two quite unknown teams. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Valencia, Valencia are famous, but their first eleven these days aren't really. No, no, they're, they're, obviously them days are long gone. But um, Spurs, RB Leipzig. Now, this one is, is for me, is almost has echoes of last season when Spurs got Dortmund, 
and they got them at just the right time because had they got Dortmund before the winter break, I think Spurs would have gone out. Um, and it's kind of, I feel kind of similar here with uh, Spurs taking on RB Leipzig. Had they got Leipzig before the winter break, I think Leipzig would have had enough to put them out. But now I kind of feel that with, with Leipzig a bit up and down in terms of form, that um, I feel like this one could kind of go either way. I think it's an interesting battle. I think just look at the managers. You've kind of got the old guard versus the new. You know, Nagelsmann is coming through. He's the big name that everybody wants to see at their club in the next three to five years. And Mourinho was the special one, and now he's the trying to hold it together while spending no money one. Um, I think it'll be a really interesting battle. Tottenham aren't the same without Harry Kane. Obviously, they've made some reasonable signings. They're trying to be quite fluid but they don't have an out and out centre forward and Leipzig have got a fantastic centre half in Oka Meccano and they've got a lightning front line so I think I just think it's going to be a, a really interesting game and I for the sake of football fans I hope Mourinho doesn't go back to his eight defenders one midfielder one attacker kind of sit back I think if they try and both play to their strengths it'll be a fun tie to watch I just think I think Nagelsmann will I think you'll just do something different and they'll pull it through by maybe a goal. Mm, interesting. Uh, what about Chelsea Bayern? I mean, on paper, um, Bayern should have too much for this young Chelsea side. What's their average average goals in London games at the moment? It's like five goals a game or something silly, isn't it? Mm. Uh, yeah, I mean, Frank's doing a reasonable job. He's got some interesting young players coming through. He's not signed anyone and had a bit of a moan about it. Um, do people want to go to Chelsea at the moment? You know, they're not offering the big wages they used to offer. They are in transition. Bayern aren't doing as well in the league as they should be. This is a chance to them to stamp some authority and get through to the next round and make sure that if they are going after Timo Werner's and those ilk of players that are the next generation, that they're proving to those players that they asked at a club to to sign for and a, and a European force. I I just think Bayern will have... This, I think there's more on the line for Bayern. I think their squad's just much stronger. So I, I'd imagine they'll go through quite comfortably. Mm. Uh, Napoli-Barcelona, you mentioned, yeah, this just certainly does have the um, the promise of, of being an upset. Do you, do you see that happening then? Do you think Napoli could uh, really sort of upset the the giant the the giant that's that, like you say you know is is kind of on its knees at the moment they've had managerial changes and it's just it's just not working for them i think on paper barcelona should comfortably walk this like the levels between the squads the names you you've got the messy factor i th- i think there should be an easy game for them but they've lost suarez they've lost dembele setien's trying to take them back to more Cruyff-type football. I won't say tick-attacker, but more possession, more calm build-up play with a, you know, and trying to get back to that control, control, and just devastate in the last minute. But the team don't look ready for that. I think the last game I watched, you saw Fidel popping up all over the place as an attacking midfielder, which just surprises me. Um, obviously, Napoli are also in a bit of post-Ancelotti transition, but they've also got an absolute phenom at centre-half and players like Mertens that are dangerous 
I, I, I just can't call this. I, I just don't know if it's going to be 7-1 to Barcelona over two legs or 1-0 to Napoli over two legs. I think this is just. I think this is the hardest game to predict. Um, one I, I'm not so sure will be quite so difficult to predict. Leon against Juventus. Um, I find it tough to see beyond uh, an experienced, shall we put it, uh, Juventus squad uh, progressing here. Yeah, I think I think it's a stat padding exercise for everyone's best mate, Cristiano Ronaldo, isn't it? As <laughs> if we would say. And 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 his Bobby Firmino haircut. <laughs> he wishes he could be Bobby. Um, Real Madrid, Manchester City. Then, um, obviously, Pep Guardiola has come across uh, Real Madrid plenty of times uh, in, in his uh, in his career. Uh, do you think he'll have the better of them this time? I don't want to say this because I've grown up really despising this club, but I think Real Madrid are, are going to go through. Oh, interesting, interesting. I think. I think they'll pick apart City's defence. This is this is the reason Zidane came back. The Champions League, three times he's won it three times on a bounce as a manager. He is phenomenal as a player. I think if anyone's, he might not tactically be able to take on Pep, but in terms of that raw personality and in the press and just confidence-wise, he, he's up there with the best managers and. He's just got a phenomenal squad at his disposal. So I, I think, plus Man City just don't know how to get through the Champions League. Mm. It's, it's, like, it's, like, it's like a mental block. Um, I talk to any friends of mine who go to City games and they just say the atmosphere is awful in the Champions League. They All they care about is the league. So if your fans aren't up for it, how do you expect your players to get up for it? Whereas Real Madrid will be, you know, they'll be baying for a blood won't they especially against Pep those Real Madrid fans will not want to see Pep walking out of that stadium with a win mm. uh, oh my I, I think they may just implode if they go out <laughs> go out of the Champions League after being so far behind us in the Premier League but yeah it's certainly going to be interesting anyway some like you said some absolutely mouth-watering ties there and ones obviously <clears throat> you know as football fans we'll keep an eye on and we'll see how it goes as much as anything hopefully we'll be looking amongst them as to see um, you know who could Liverpool be getting in the next uh, stage of the competition, and uh, who could be uh, the biggest the biggest threats to retaining that trophy and going on to get number seven? Um, anyway, just before we move forward and, and start looking ahead, then to let it call Liverpool um, a chance first to to look back at the the group stage this season for Liverpool. Um, I mean, what what are your brief thoughts on on the performance in in the group stage? Um, you know, ended up finishing top of the table, um, beating Salzburg 2-0 away from home. It looked, on paper, it looked like it was going to be a really tricky tie and potentially everything could be hanging in the balance depending on how results went. But ended up finishing top. And four wins, one draw, one loss sounds impressive. But I think in reality, when we watched the games, it didn't feel quite so comfortable. Um, would, would you agree with that? Yeah, definitely. It was a, it was a, it, it was a lot like last season, though, wasn't it? Like losing a game we shouldn't really have lost. I like so Napoli deserved to beat us, and their second goal was an absolute calamity. But just because the way the team are playing this year, when that when that result when that game finished, I wasn't 
really worried. I was I was like maybe maybe it'd be a battle for who tops the table with Napoli, but I was never worried about us going through. Uh, I loved the Salzburg four three game. It was utterly bonkers. It wasn't as important as though that great Dortmund game what three years ago. But I absolutely loved it. It was just stupid football. It was back to uh, the craziness of was in his pomp and some of those silly Keegan Newcastle days. It was just silly goals, no defending. It was just really, really fun. And you know, all my mates at work the next day who were not Liverpool fans, they all said it was their favourite game to watch of the week because it was just end to end. But it, it was a funny campaign, but it was I, I don't know, just it's, this year just feel lots of things felt like a foregone conclusion. And at no point did it not feel like we wouldn't go through from my perspective. Mm. Um, it was in, it was interesting watching Salzburg to watch um, Haaland and Minamino, and it was fun watching Genk to see Sander Berg and you know it was it was fun watching these players that you've heard talked about and people love to stick on Twitter because they've signed in a football manager. So it was, it, I, I really enjoyed seeing some different teams and some different players and seeing the famed Salzburg academy really pulling together a fun squad. You know some fun games but I wasn't worried yeah I, I, I totally understand that I think I, obviously the, the highs of, of winning that uh, of winning the final you know that, that sixth European Cup and uh, maybe the expectation was a little higher than, than how we maybe achieve some of them results you know it was a couple of them a little bit uh, too close to call and uh, too close for comfort, I should say. The likes that you know beating Genk at home, it ended up being quite close and almost underwhelming. I mean, you look at it, you know, Liverpool six games in that group stage and conceding eight goals. Which you know, when we look at Liverpool in the Premier League, that's not that's not uh, what you expect from Liverpool, is it? it uh, almost like a different animal in the in the Premier League as as to what we've seen at times in this group stage. It is, but we've also had. To... I mean, no offence to Adriano, he's been great, but we've had Adriano in goal. We've had you know, Matip was maybe our last, our best defender last season, but this year he's only been our third best defender. We've not, we didn't really get to see in some of those losses the the best of Liverpool's squad. And I think there's a lot to say about how since Gomez has come back, the, the just goals conceded have just dried up. Mm. And I don't, and I don't think he's, I don't think it's because he's a better player than Matip. I just think there's there's a relationship with him and Van Dijk that is so so important to how we we play and we're structured and they do seem to be playing together really really well and enjoying playing together. Saying that they did play against Salzburg, but as I said, that was a silly game. It was just lots of fun. Yeah, I um, mean, I was sorry, I was just going to mention that one, bring that one up actually, because it's it's good that you mentioned that that you know that that two nil win away at Salzburg, you know, an, an impressive performance impressive result in many ways that that game was more like the Liverpool that we're seeing sort of week in week out in the Premier League yeah definitely uh, but I mean if you just think of how we've played since what the Everton game the Everton game was the last sort of silly silly result it felt December felt so so planned every single every say every game was comfortable it was planned you weren't worried you know we quite comfortably got through the Premier League games we obviously threw all our eggs into the World Club Cup and ignored Villa 
but everything felt very, very planned. So by the time we got to Salzburg, it was an important game, but it, it just felt like Klopp had a plan, Linders had a plan, the players knew what they were doing, they were in a flow, there was lots of management of the players, so I, I think Firmino might have come off at a decent time. Even Lovren, who started, had to come off because his minutes were getting silly. It just felt like the team was very organised, and they, as you said, they were getting into the flow of where they now are. But I think that was just the methodical planning that we're seeing under Klopp and Linders. And I do think it just just since Linders has taken that more senior position, everything about Liverpool seems more methodical. And I don't mean mechanically methodical. Everything just feels very. Everyone knows what they're doing, and even those moments of great flair, like some of the passing we've seen from Cater in the last few months, he just knows where Mo's going to be, and it's not because they. Psych, you know, they, they're psychic. It's because they are drilling and training so hard that they just know where those players are going to be. And for me, that sort of December period where we played Salzburg was was sort of the the precursor to what I think the season's going to look like. Mm. So similarities to last season, you feel, where you know the the group stages were not Liverpool sort of uh, at their free flow and best, but once the uh, the knockout stages. You know the two ties sort of uh, kicking. The that's it, Liverpool. That that's that's where we really uh, yeah. get going. You know, two legged ties. This this is this is our territory now. Yeah, and and the first what three months of the season, we had players who'd had busy summers again. Lots of key players had a busy summers. We we lost centre backs left, right, and centre, and it's taken until now really to settle back on that partnership where we're not having to rely on. Matic coming in cold. Again, he was great last season because he had that run of games. You know, then we had the typical Lovren plays seven games and gets injured. Um, but there was a lot of rot- rotation, might not be the right word. There was rotation through, through injuries. There was trying to manage minutes to make sure we got through the season. Whereas now it feels like everyone's in their flow. And I'm just hoping that the break the guys have been on will bring them back ready to just absolutely destroy people. Mm. So moving on to, to the Atletico game then, um, it return, as, I, as I said, you know, returning to the scene of the triumphant win over Spurs in the final, uh, the, uh, the Wanda Metropolitana, is, uh, do, you, do you think there might be a bit of a funny feeling there for the players walking out? You know, the, the kind of looking around and thinking the last time we were here, we were lifting the trophy. Do you, do you think that could be a little bit of a lift, not just not just for the for the players, but maybe for the fans as well? Can that maybe generate something a little bit extra? I just think the players the players are so well drilled, both psychologically and on the pitch. I don't think it's going to cross their mind. They're going to that stadium to do a job. Once the final whistle's blown, they might look around and absorb the atmosphere. And especially if we we win the game, we'll get a good result. Know, a score draw, something that has a positive impact for for, for, the, for the home game. But I don't think it will come to their mind, whereas I think the fans will be buzzing. We've never lost a game under Klopp over two legs in Europe. We don't look like we're vulnerable. We look like even if we're losing in the 89th minute, we can win a game. So I think I think the fans will be buzzing. We know how loud the Atletico crowd is and that New stadium just seems pretty impressive, so so I think it'll be 
I don't think there'll be nerves and things for the player, or I, I, but I think the final whistle will see will see the expressions on their faces when they're able to digest the game and enjoy the surroundings. Whereas I think before kickoff they will be so set up for the game and thinking about what their roles are and just getting through the next ninety minutes. I don't think they'll get to them unless Dejan Lovren has to play. <laughs> I don't want to be cruel, but <clears throat> yeah, hopefully we we don't have to get to that. Our first choice back four and goalkeeper. <clears throat> um, yeah, I, I feel a lot more confident. I mean, just just talking about that, you know, feeling confident to go to to Madrid to go and play Atletico. And as we mentioned at the top of the show, you know, th- this is, I guess, how just how far we've progressed over the last year or so. You know that this team has moved on so much. Obviously, you know that ninety, oh, was it ninety-seven points last season? Then you know we're far and away, you know, the best team in the land this season. Only dropping two points in the league, having won the Champions League. You know that this this Liverpool team has just moved on to a, a different stratosphere. And uh, and as we mentioned as well, you know, look, it was Atletico was probably that that team that we were always kind of a bit apprehensive about maybe being drawn against just because of their style and you know the tactical nous of Simeone and what he's capable of of doing with them. But do, is it is it almost like this is the perfect time for Liverpool because of where Liverpool are and and perhaps also where Atletico are at this time that we couldn't have dreamed for a better moment to be to be facing them? I think so. I think the way that Simeone sets his teams up, they are so, they are so, so well drilled. They have a team that work incredibly hard. You don't see too many teams that have got the amount, the amount of flair and interesting players they have playing with a 4-4-2, for example. And they're so well organised. But I think if you look at Simeone as a manager, I think his team are going through a cycle and unlike Pochettino, where he'd got to the same point with, with Spurs, he'd taken them a long way, but the players were maybe tiring of his methods and maybe needed some different perspectives from players and fresher legs and people willing to come in to play for him. He didn't get the backing and in the summer he was gone. Whereas Atletico seemed to, they know what they have in a manager and they seem to be taking the approach that Man United used to have with Fergie, which is every few years you need to start to cut off the, you know, you're you're still letting world-class players go, but you're starting to cut off the players that need to go and bring in refresh. You know, they spent big money on on players the last few seasons, and even though they've not hit the ground running yet, the fact that they're still in the top four, the fact that they're in the Champions League, I think they're a dangerous team. I just think they're in that mid-cycle, and you might see if they have another big summer, that next year is where they start to really scare people again. They can, Rachel Felix is, hasn't scored that many goals this season, but he's had a season under that manager of that ilk. He's had a season of playing in a different league with slightly different expectations. So I do wonder if you said that we've caught them just the right time for where that squad is and then maybe in in 12 months' time we'll be saying we don't want to play Atletico Madrid, like they're flying again. Look how well organised they are. Look what players are in and how they're performing. Whereas right now, it, if Mane's 100% fit and back and playing, him versus Trippier will just be hilarious. 
<laughs> I like the idea of that. I mean, just looking at Atletico's form this season, you mentioned it there. I mean, they finished second in Group D. Um, obviously, they're well ahead of Bayer Leverkusen, but uh, Juventus far and away at, at the top of, of that uh, of that group. So they comfortably won that group. Atletico came in through second place. La Liga, they're fourth at the moment, but, um, you know, they're... It's not a comfortable fourth. It's it's certainly there, there's still a lot for them to play for domestically. Um, the their form's not fantastic. They're not scoring many goals this season. They've had injuries as well. Uh, you know, it, it's it's um I guess everything points to uh, to to Liverpool going there and really doing the job. Yeah, I, th- I think they've won one of their last six games. I mean, defensively, they've still been solid. They've still only conceded something like 15 goals in the league. But as you said, they, they're not scoring. Mm. One of the lowest uh, goals, one of the one of the lowest scorers in uh, in La Liga. And you know, in 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 recent years, by you'd think, okay, we're playing Atletico Madrid. It's going to be hard. They don't concede goals, and someone's going to go through one now, just because Simeone knows how to use that as a game plan. He knows how to manage games. He's as good as, if not better, than Mourinho when he was in his absolute pomp at just tearing teams down. And, he's, and he, he doesn't tear teams apart by beating you 4 0. He just lets his players tear you apart and beats you 1 0. Whereas I think we've now got a squad of players with the mentality and the guile to sit and absorb it and, you know, rob him with that little push on Messi last season. We've just got players with the mentality now. They're not. They're not going to let a team intimidate them and try and bully them. And we've all, but we've developed the patience that we never had under Brendan to see a game out. So if it's one nil over two legs, it's because we've chosen to play that way and use it to our advantage. But I think I just think we'll have too much, too much for them again. You know, most most had a good season. People who saying it's had a bad season are stupid. But he's also just hitting a really nice purple patch in terms of goals, assists, the smile on his face. Uh, this is, I think we're coming up to that sort of period of time. Bobby's starting to score goals. I I just feel like one of the games is going to be a nil-nil and one of the games we're going to win three or four nil. Oh, interesting, interesting. Um, how do you feel like uh, Jurgen Klopp's going to approach this game then? Um, do you feel like... Maybe he'll look to keep it, just keep it really tight, and and you know even even accept like a, a nil nil or a one one away, or or do you think, you know, let's go for it in obviously not not two balls out, but let's go for it and look to gain an advantage early in this tie. I think he'll be patient. I think we're so good at home at the moment. I mean, if you or our wonderful producer can tell me the last time we lost at Anfield of our actual first team. Um, I think I think the I think the first leg might be a bit touchy, but it depends on how Madrid are. If Madrid show a sign of any signs of weakness, I don't think Klopp will go for the throw. I think the players on the pitch will. I think we've now got real leaders vocally in Van Dijk and even in Gomez. We've got players with just a bit of cheek about them in terms of Robbo. We've got players that are just so opportunity opportunistic in Mo and Trent and Mane I think and we've just got that lovely lovely magic of Bobby 
who can just do wonderful things out of nothing and then we forget how good he is sometimes. So I just think if they show any sign of weakness or impatience, I think the players will take it on themselves to go for them. But if if we if Madrid play the way we know they can play and we expect them to play, I think we'll see a very, very patient first leg. I'd imagine we'll be seeing Hendo and Ginny and Fabino in midfield. I imagine that Milner's going to come on for the last half an hour if he can. Um, I just think it's going to be just we'll, we'll play a very, very patient game. And with 20 minutes to go, we'll just go and throw a region because he is the best bad footballer in the world. Because he's utter <laughs> chaos. I, I, I said this when I did my last, the face-off at the start of the season. I said he was going to come on and do something chaotic. And he did that against Norwich. And we scored an own goal because of him. I just think against Madrid, because they're so, so organised, but because he is so chaotic and the ball just bounces off him and, the, and he, he just has luck around him at the moment, doesn't he? I just think um, throw, he loves oh, the Champions League. And, he's, and he can be the most, he can be rubbish for 20 minutes as a sub and then he'll just have that three second moment where a goalkeeper will pass the ball to him no because because <laughs> he's because he's relentless so i i, I think it'll, i think it'll be fun i think it'll be patient until we throw on the madman and i think at home we'll just go for them especially if especially if we score if we win one nil in madrid they have to open up at anfield yeah i, so, I guess because, again Sorry, I was going to say, I mean, it's that thing, isn't it, of the away goal. You know, you think back to, you know, playing Bayern, you know, we the first leg, nil-nil at Anfield, and then the key thing of getting away goal in the Allianz, and it just forces uh, the opposition to, to really sort of have to come out and, and leave them gaps that we are so good, so good at picking apart. So uh, an, an away goal... I know it's only the first leg, that's a thing, but an away goal is so important to get in the bag, considering that we we're going back to Anfield for the second leg. I think in this particular matchup I'm not I'm not sure because they're just not scoring goals. I don't if they come to Anfield and get a goal, I still think we can score two. Um the kind of game that they'll play, I don't think we'll go looking for a goal and expose ourselves. I think we'll be ready to take an opportunity that's given. Mm. So, so who, Sorry, sorry, continue. Sorry, I just think if we score a goal, it's because someone's had a moment of genius and magic and they've just seen a fantastic ball or cross or a dead or a set piece or they've made a mistake. I don't think we'll see a, you know, a 2017, the 27 players passing the ball, moving around side to side, moving them around and prodding and poking and scoring. So I think they're too organised for that. I think it'll be a... a we create a small opportunity out of nothing or they make a mistake and someone scores. Yeah, so almost like this first leg of things is going to be very, very tight, almost like a chess match. Yeah. And if and if we lost it 1-0, again, I, with the way we play the season, I wouldn't be that concerned to begin with. No, I think that's absolutely fair. Certainly fair. I mean, we've seen from this team anyway that, you know, this Liverpool side, <clears throat> they just... They don't know quit. They have no quit in them. They just, they are relentless. They will just keep going and going and going and going and keep fighting right till the very final whistle. And we know they're capable of doing doing great things. So um, 
if Liverpool are to, to come away from this first leg then with, with a positive result, be that a draw or a, or a victory, I mean, who do you think is going to be crucial? Who do, you, who do you think are going to be the key players for Liverpool on the night? Trent and Mo. I don't think... Um, I've, I've not watched a lot of Spanish football this season. I'm not massively familiar with their left-back. But I just... On their, their left side, I'd, but looking at their results, looking at where they are on the table... I don't feel that they're going to trouble Trent. And if you're not troubling Trent, you're then making an opportunity for him. I don't think their left side strong enough. And then obviously you've got Mo there as well. I just think we're going to get down the left side of them. And unless they decide, unless they realise they need to play Saul there, or no, Koke has a worldie, I, I just think that's our opportunity to get down, get down that side of the pitch. And we know those two, when they're playing well together, they're, they just they just make magic happen, don't they? Mm. I suppose one thing, one final thing to consider then is, uh, you mentioned you know Simeone like you know using the the four four two formation. Uh, the last time we come up against uh, you know quite a, a smart, cute coach in Ancelotti who liked to use that four four two against us with Napoli. I mean, he he had some good results against us away from home. Um, you you feel by now maybe we've got enough to overcome that and um, or do you, do you think maybe you know we could find that could come across similar problems or do you, do you think it's just two completely different teams in terms of Napoli and and uh, and Atletico that you know the the differences between the teams mean that Napoli could expose us in areas where perhaps Atletico wouldn't. I think it's. I think it's playing the situation, isn't it? When you look at all of the league tables, even when we got to the final of the Europa League, I don't think we made a particularly good job of qualifying from the group. Um, I don't think we're necessarily the best team in a group in the league, but for some reason, once we get to knockout and our analytics team and our coaches have, have they've got two games to pick somebody apart and they learn from their mistakes. I mean, the Barcelona game is a case in point, isn't it? We, we played really well and lost 3-0. But then we seemed to take what we used in the first leg and use it in the second leg. And we, we know what we did well, plus we had some obviously moments of magic. I think t- two legs at the moment with the form of the two teams, I don't think that's going to come into it. Mm. Uh, plus, if, you know, if, 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 if the first... The first they set up a certain way and they really nullify us that's also 90 minutes to look at how can we flip this but also we don't play the second leg for about four weeks or something doing this the, the, the round of 16 is a bit of a weird one so we play them we don't play them again until what the 11th of March yeah there is quite a gap between it so, yeah, so, so it's not like the other knockout games where you're playing them the following week so if, if they do nullify us with that 4-4-2 with, the, with those two wide players that really play as a wide centre midfielder as opposed to true wingers. If they do find a way to shut us down and make things hard for us, make things difficult for us, we've got time on our side to keep, to find opportunities. And look, we've proved against PSG in last season, if we can't get through with our midfield, we also know how to play without a centre midfield. The centre midfielders can run there as ball carriers and twin the ball back, but we also know that we can get the ball from anybody in our back five to anybody in our front three and just nullify the midfield if we need to. Yeah, again, that, that whole uh, 
the direct ball, you know, the the long pass, and we've we've shown that you know we're we're more than more than capable of doing it. We're quite comfortable of doing it. I think we're something like with a the third highest number of passes and touches on the ball in the Premier League, and we're quite high up there in terms of number of long balls played. But um, in terms of actual percentage of long balls played, it's a lot further down. So this perception of us being a long ball team is not actually very accurate. It's just that uh, we have different facets to our game and and you feel that um, perhaps this is something that we could pull out the bag. You know, we've shown we, we're very uh, capable of using it as and when we need to. Um, you think perhaps this is one of them where um, one of those diagonal balls from Van Dijk at the back just kind of looking and, and spotting a, a little bit of space there in between. And we've got in Mane and and Salah, two players who can expose that space with their blistering pace and movement. And, you know, the, the, again, this just could be something, a difference maker in the tie that maybe, you know, you don't sort of set yourself up for. Yeah, I mean, when I've watched, when I've watched Atletico play, unless they're playing Vitola, they quite often play as their wide, the wide players of the midfield four. They quite often play as players like Lamar and Sawal in certain games and Koke, who are really centrally minded players. So even if they are playing one proper winger, they often, off one side can be tucked in quite narrow, which obviously, for, if you're playing against a possession based team, you're controlling the middle of the park, you're not leaving spaces. But the way we play, if, if it's on the wrong side, it only takes a few seconds for Robbo to go on one of those long bursting runs down the wing and Trent to pick him out from wherever he wants on the pitch with one of those long, raking, beautiful passes. And you know what? Sometimes they don't come on and then Origi falls over someone, wins the ball and we score. So I just, I feel like it's a really good matchup for where they are now. But for a few weeks ago, I was like, oh God, it's Atletico Madrid, but not anymore. Yeah, absolutely. Plus who's going to score for them? Charles Felix has a couple of goals. Diego Costa, I don't even know if he's fit. Morata just has, hasn't looked the same since leaving Juventus. He's just not been the player for years. No, he's, but, he's actually their leading scorer. I think he's only got something like seven goals this season. So, yeah. you know, as we've mentioned, you know, scoring goals <clears> has <throat> certainly been an issue for them this campaign. So, yeah, you, you feel quite confident in what we've got at the back and just whether or not we can um, find them spaces to to uh, to get behind their defence, which is, yeah. as you mentioned as well, you know, is still quite strong. Yeah, I, th- I, th- I think the key is we need to... Like, Angel Correa has been one of their better players. He's getting goals and assists, and he's quite a feisty little player, isn't he? Saul just is... He's one of those... He's basically like a next-level-up Ginny, isn't he? You can play him anywhere in midfield, and he could be brilliant. And I think if we can nullify those two players... I just, I think they've got less threats for us to concentrate on to stop them scoring goals. Whereas if you nullify Mo and Bobby, you've still got Mane and Ox and Cato, and even Hendo's having a go at goals this season. I mean, it was so unlucky the day with hitting the, hitting the post. But I just, I just feel like we have more. If they nullify two or three of our players this season, it feels like there's another two or three players that can just step up and do something. How many goals has Van Dijk got from corners from this year with his head? Sean Joe, uh, Gomez has got to be due a goal. <laughs> yeah, that, that's it. <clears throat> the, this team just has so much, so much to it. Uh, so many people willing to step up, and 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 yeah, goals from anywhere. So 
Uh, it's we've got to that point now where I've got to put you on the spot and ask you for a match prediction. So, uh, what? How do you think it's going to finish up this uh, this first leg? Atletico Madrid versus Liverpool, Tuesday night in the Wanda Metropolitana. What's the score going to be, Stephen? One now to Liverpool. Oh, I like your confidence. I like your confidence. Uh, I kind of fancy it to finish now little somehow. I think I can see more and more of what you were talking about earlier on, you know, that um, what will effectively be a really, really tight chess match with neither manager wanting to give too much away to the other. So, uh, But feeling very confident heading back to Anfield, do you, you think we'll turn on the style once we get to the second leg? I think we'll be patient. I just think we'll be more ruthless because if we've got a goal or it's been nil in the first leg, they have to try and get something to go through. And with the season they're having, they're not guaranteed top four. They need they need to try and get through this round. So I think we'll pick them apart. And I think it'll be 3 nil at home. Oh, I like it. So, Stephen, you're very, very confident of Liverpool. How can you not be this season? Exactly. European champions, world champions, soon to be Premier League champions. Can we win it again? Can we be uh, can we be seven-time European champions this season, do you think? I said at the start of the season, on AI, we're winning the double. Well, and I still, and I still believe it. I, I love your confidence. I love your confidence. Uh, Stephen, thanks for joining me for this preview. I uh, hope you've Th- enjoyed it. Thanks for having me on. Uh, yeah, it's it's uh, a, it's going to be a cracking match. Yeah, so my thanks to Stephen and uh, thanks to uh, each and every one of you for tuning in, listening to the show, downloading. Uh, your Champions League preview podcast will return before the second leg, which, yes, is a few weeks away yet. And hopefully when we're back, we'll be back with a nice, uh, with a nice comfortable lead, as Stephen mentioned, ready to turn on the style at Anfield. Uh, but until then, from myself, Annie Wills, here at the Champions League Preview Podcast on Anfield Index. It's Bob Aino. Lovely cushion header. Pacheco! You're muted! What a head strike! What a head! The time to Luis Garcia. Tries his mark. Podcast Network.